0: Okay, this is it. We're here. Okay. Okay. Oh, are we here now? Yeah. This is
1: it? You press play? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Okay, this okay. is the song part. Ready? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been practicing this yeah. many times. Okay, ready? This is it's your strange and beautiful
0: life. Hi, everybody, and welcome to This is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. My name is Erica J. Schmidt, and on my podcast, I talk to people who may or may not have had the chance to transform their lives into spectacular TED Talks. So today, my guest kind of has kind of transformed her life into a spectacular TED Talk. not really. Well, okay. We're going to talk about it later. It's Tess Levitt. (laughs) Nobody can wait for this, but you're just going to have to wait not very many minutes. We'll be right back. Okay. See you on the other side. Love you. Bye. Hello, dear friends. It's Erica and my coveted interview with my celebrity big sister, Tess Levitt, is coming right up. But first, I wanted to let you know that this is a relatively family-friendly episode. So if you are a parent of one of Tess's fans from Splash and Boots or The Big Heart Journey, you and your offspring are in for a treat you're going to love this however i do need to give you a quick heads up about certain content for example there is some light swearing and this is all my fault Uh, we also discuss the existence of drugs in perth ontario which is also all my fault and we talk a little bit about teenage drinking Uh, But nothing too racy. I think you and your child can handle it. A little parental supervision will work wonders. And our listener question deals with the loss of a grandparent and how to support a loved one, especially a child, through their grief. It is a heartwarming episode for friends and fans of all ages. I love that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And let's jump right into the show. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hello, we're back, everybody. Oh, what a good break that was. Really good break. Okay. So today, our guest is my darling and extraordinary big sister, Tess Levitt. And Tess is actually a little bit famous. Uh, She doesn't have a TED Talk yet, but for the last 20 years, she has graced the childhoods of kids across Canada and the world singing and dancing as Boots in the beloved children's music duo, Splashin' Boots. Her two-time Juno award-winning band is known for their catchy songs about animals, fruits and vegetables, also potty training, and (laughs) encouraging children to feel their feelings, most importantly. Their mission is to give young people and their families the chance to connect and thrive through music. They are generous advocates for diversity and inclusion. You will often find Splash and Boots on special visits to special fans at the Sick Kids Children's Hospital. In 2017, Tess and Lucas, a young boy with autism, founded the popular pen pal club, Lucas's Letters. During the pandemic, Tess created her dream project. The Big Heart Journey. The Big Heart Journey is a welcoming space where children gain the skills and compassion they need to move through difficult emotions. In her spare time, all five minutes of it, Tess loves to throw the orange ball for her dog child, Lily, and she also likes to exchange multimedia text messages with her favorite sister, Erica J. Schmidt. (laughs) Oh my goodness, that was a massive bio. Here she is, <laughs> Tess Levitt, my heroic Hello. sister. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Well,
1: I really feel like I loved the end of that bio, particularly the part about our um, numerous voice memos that we send to each other. I have to pay for extra storage I know, every month. We have month. so many <clears <clears <throat> yeah. daily voice memos that are, you know, minutes, minute upon minute long. It's like Tess gets a
0: special podcast. That's like why I it's started the podcast. my own podcast, podcast really. Because I was like, well... I got some content here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she is my sister. Do you think everybody wants to know how old we are compared to each other? Yes. Okay, so... Well, I
1: don't know if they do, but we're going to tell you anyways.
0: Fascinating for you. Um, I was born four years after my sister.
1: Yeah, four years and t- 20 days. 20 days, yes. And so... I don't know if I made that up, but I think it's something like I that. I
0: think 26 days, Um, but so...
1: You've always been better at math.
0: I have always been better at math. That's one of the few <laughs> things I'm better at. Not uh, true. Well, and so so this is the legend is that I was born two days before Halloween and Tess came with a clown suit to the hospital. I think my mother made the clown suit she did by hand, yeah even yeah she sewed it a hundred months pregnant because I was late. Yeah. I was supposed to be born. I was two weeks late and Tess comes in her cl- clown suit
1: to the hospital to
0: meet my new sister. You it was love at first sight, I think. Yeah, no it was. My my mom wrote poems, she said, "Tess is in love with you and you are in love with Tess, two little loves like peas in a pod." Is that what she said? I yeah, haven't seen these poems. Yeah, she That's we cute. were in great love. We have a We, we ha- still are. We have a honestly. dreamy relationship. We didn't fight much. Like I feel no. sympathy for people who didn't get along with her like not everybody does and that's fine too you don't talk to your sister your brother that's okay uh but we didn't fight except i remember having a handful of your hair once in my life you do (laughs) yeah i don't remember that i have not a usefully good memory i remember all kinds of things that are not useful to
1: me do you Uh, remember sorry go ahead oh no ask well i was gonna say do you remember that i used to lick the chocolate bar so you wouldn't want a bite of it
0: that's so mean. I know. I don't remember because you, you wanted a
1: bite of my chocolate bar, and I didn't want you to have any, so I would lick the whole thing. So then you didn't want it. I was rude. into hygiene. That's then, so I rude. Guess. I mean,
0: not that I would lick it now, but I that's very rude. So you
1: got it's to eat. So the rude. Whole... I wanted to eat the whole one. I was like that.
0: We got chocolate bars as children. I, I remember
1: it was after the cottage. We got as a special treat.
0: I only remember getting like carob muffins. We had a you know food this was signal. very very rare. Yeah, we didn't have that. But then one time we were just being little shits. One time, so we had a blessed childhood because we came home for lunch every day, and our mother yeah, made yeah we you're so lucky made we us like walked. pita pizza grilled cheese sandwich a lot of veggie dogs also and one day we just decided I just decided that I was going to sit in Tessa's chair like we had our. oh seats. this
1: was a big fight
0: big drama and
1: I didn't like that you sat in my chair I don't know why I was so upset about well, that. I was being
0: a little shit about that
1: but I was probably upset about something else
0: well I don't know but we wouldn't we would not None of us were budging. And we were, like, old enough to know. But, like, I would think I was, like, not eight. I was in grade four. I was in Mrs. Fernier's class. So I was, like, eight years old. So
1: I was in grade seven.
0: Twelve years old.
1: Eight. Wait. I can't do math still.
0: Oh, great. If I was in grade four, you were in grade... Eight. No, because I skipped a grade.
1: Fair. I was in grade seven. I was so
0: good at math. And, <laughs> and so... Then mom threw orange juice across the table to get us to like knock it off.
1: Yeah, because we were being such jerks.
0: Yeah. So. It worked. It did work. We were, we've were we been charming ever since.
1: Yeah, we've um, never fought since that moment because we're afraid of getting poured orange juice on our heads.
0: It wasn't on our heads.
1: That's how I pictured it.
0: No, it's just it got all over our clothes. So we had to change after lunch, which makes it people like, oh, you changed your clothes. You're like, oh, yeah. I felt looked. really bad about you it. You pissed yourself.
1: Afterwards.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't, I just remember. Sorry, mom. Yeah, it's okay. So I want to talk about special person syndrome. And it's this thing that I think you and I have. I don't know if we inherited it, but somehow we came into this world and we decided, okay, like we are destined to do something very exquisite with our lives, whatever that means and whatever hideous pressure comes along with that. and. Can you remember like when you started to feel like, okay, there's a school play. I need to be the main part, right? Or like, you know, I want to be a famous opera singer. I got to do my singing lessons. Like when did you feel this pressure to sort of shine real hard? Like do do you remember when that started and how?
1: Well, I feel like I, my granny on my dad's side really was into me being famous she wanted me to take singing lessons she wanted me to do all the things Mm -hmm. and it was it was like that was that was a part of it I think that was a big part of it for me Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to do well at that for her Mm -hmm. I think that's how it started and I really didn't I I remember I was actually quite a shy child I didn't really want to get up in front of people or do things but I felt that kind of pressure so I did it I'm happy now in hindsight that Mm -hmm. that I got that. Because I do love what I do, but I definitely think that's where it came from for me.
0: Right. Cause your grandfather on your dad's side was also a musician. Oh, yes, from him too. too. Yeah. And but yeah, I mean, we have a really wonderfully confusing family because we had different fathers. So we had like extra parents. Tess had so so she grew up with my mom and my biological father. And we're all we consider each other full full family. Full family. So but yeah, I don't remember the parents I lived with, and I don't know about your dad, but I don't think they weren't like
1: they weren't particularly pushy about things.
0: Yeah, I don't no, know no. where we got it that we had to be exceptional. Like I remember my dad. But don't you think
1: a lot of kids have that?
0: Yeah, it comes from not necessarily their ki- their parents yeah. though. It's just culture. I feel like there's just a lot of pressure all the time. Yeah, um, but like, how did you cope with this pressure as a kid?
1: Well, I was a real perfectionist. I still am. I uh-huh. think probably a little. I've been trying to undo that for a while. But I, I was kind of an uptight child. Mm-hmm. I was always nervous and worried that I wasn't doing well enough. And if I didn't get perfect, I was, I would literally be distraught. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of big feelings as a kid. Um, so I didn't really cope all that well. I think I, <laughs> I'm. To be honest,
0: <laughs> that's my
1: answer. I didn't. I didn't cope really.
0: Yeah, I I felt like it was like a, we were just sort of knuckle grinding until we got the accomplishment we wanted, right? Like there wasn't a lot of compromise, I feel. Like I used to study so hard till I got like sick, like, and I feel like you got sick a lot. You would make yourself sick, like you'd get sore throats. I was
1: notorious for having something, like if I had a performance to do, I would get Sick before it happened. Like I would lose my voice so that I didn't have to do it.
0: You were sore. It was a thing. I think that yeah. was a thing I
1: created in my head. Now that I look back at it, you were like sore. I know I wasn't making it up. I just think I manifested that in my body.
0: Yeah. Like we are also famous for. We used to write letters to our grandparents. I guess I was a little. You did. You wrote I letters. was a little better than at, better than you at math and better at writing letters to grandparents. But Tess was like, where they were. These people were like. Eighty-seven, like they just had like serious strokes, and Tessa would be like, "Hi, Grandma and Grandpa, how are you? I'm fine, but I'm a little sick. I have like a sore throat." <laughs> She'd be like listing. I, she's like twelve and listing her ailments to her like I <laughs> ancient don't remember grandparents. Any of this. Well, I just am reread. We have the we have the letters, so yeah, the pressure was not necessarily helpful. Yeah, but it was kind of self-imposed. Kids
1: have this kind of pressure all the time. I mean, I meet kids all the time who have the pressure of just being the best and being so good at something. I don't necessarily think it's from, like, I did have grandparents who who were really wanting me to do that. But I, I think generally it's a lot of it is just sort of our, our society and, and in school, school and just like the focus on winning. Um, High marks. And if you have a certain kind of personality, then you want to live into that you want Mm -hmm. to be that you want to be the best and so i think that it's a i don't know i have a lot to say about how we should change that sort of narrative for children
0: yeah like
1: you don't have to be the best you just gotta have a good time yeah like
0: the clear yeah i guess the kids want like a clear identity and it's just it's just so rewarded too oh it's big time rewarded Yeah. yeah so maybe we just don't have special person syndrome we were just born and everybody is like that but yeah, we grew up in the metropolis of Perth, Ontario.
1: Population six thousand. It's up
0: to seven thousand now. Yeah. Oh wow. wow. Uh, and there are ample opportunities to do a lot of drugs in Perth, Ontario. <laughs> but I never knew that. That went right over my head. I didn't know mm, drugs. Not me. <laughs> it didn't go over your head.
1: No, I knew there was lots of drugs. Yeah,
0: but you resisted. But, you know, if you're lucky, you get the chance to not do drugs. And there's, I would say there's more like activities and opportunities like music and sports than I'd say in the average small town. Like we had like booming hockey, booming swimming, and then lots of theater opportunities. And Tess grew up to be quite a big star. She was the Students' Council President.
1: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That is a big star moment.
0: Yeah, uh, you were you were often the lead singer in the musicals, in the plays. Very busy. Everybody wanted to be your best friend and your boyfriend. Very popular. Everyone was like, "Oh my goodness!" Very excited for lot. me that I was <laughs> that I was <sighs> Tess's little sister. I got a great identity out of that. Uh, but how did you like high school? How did it feel on the insides?
1: Um. How did high school feel on the inside? I don't, I, I feel like I did actually kind of like high school and then I didn't, I didn't like the beginning of university, but high school, I felt like I kind of had figured something out. I when I I moved when I was in grade five and oh, came yeah. to Perth and I did not like that. Mm-hmm. I did not like that at all. We moved from Kingston to Perth. We moved to, to Newtown and I felt like I didn't know anybody and I was so awkward and but by the time I got to grade eight, I felt like I'd sort of come out of that shell. I was a bit shy earlier. And then high school, I, I was into it. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I don't know. I had I had good friends and I, it I liked it. It
0: wasn't performative. It was like, because it wasn't... Oh, pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was but, into high school.
0: Yeah. Like you weren't... I don't know how cliquey things were. Like some people find that like high school is such a nightmare because of the cliques and whatever, but... I found in I birth, wasn't was, no, it wasn't No, you had a cliquey. good... The drama club was a really genuinely sincere Nice. Such a nice opening. community. And also, like, all the grades talked to each other. Like, it wasn't just, like, so seniors. It had a group. nice high school, really. It was nice. There were very good teachers. Shout out to our favorite teachers, like... Mrs. Mrs. Mason, Mason. Mrs. Cameron. Mr. Thuburn. Oh, my gosh. He was the librarian. We drank at the school dances, and he never noticed. We sure did. Yeah. I mean...
1: don't tell anyone
0: no but but no drugs uh so yeah we (laughs) liked perth ontario that was a good place to grow
1: up overall
0: it was i liked it i liked high school okay good and then university well transitions are a little hard for us
1: i am awful at transitions i'm still not good at transitions
0: yeah really not good yeah goodbyes and so you just took a while to land in perth for you okay And then you went to Queen's University to study music and drama, and yeah, like, there was, I think you were maybe going to try to be an opera singer, or not really. I remember you going to these auditions, and like, it was terrible. Pretentious, maybe.
1: Well, I just, I didn't like that whole scene. I didn't like auditioning for things. I didn't like the pressure. I would just be so stressed out about it. And I don't know why I felt like I needed to do that. But I I didn't end up really liking that at all. I didn't like that life. I didn't like the people they didn't the like auditioning it was stressful and like yeah. the
0: formality of it too right yeah. like it's very formal. oh my gosh
1: me being an opera singer would be so funny now that if i think mm. about it i'd have to be so serious that was the problem i had to be so serious and i am not that serious i don't think i could watch you in an opera no we could not do it we would <laughs> laugh so hard <laughs> i could not i would see you in one second and be it giggling devastating well i was in an opera in university and we didn't sing it in a language we sang it in english oh no which was especially funny because it'd be like oh, I am coming through the door here oh, I no. come here I come here I come and that's really door. what opera it is was, like it like, was just singing exactly what you're doing I remember I had to sing about walking into a room and I, I could barely get through it without laughing
0: yeah so that wasn't quite your scene but then no. you met Splash Who would become your first husband and Splash and Boots (laughs) co-star? When you say my first
1: husband, it makes it sound like I've had like five or six. (laughs) I guess
0: you only had one husband. He
1: was your first one, though. But I like saying it. Say my first. I think it's quite a legendary amount of husbands. Yeah,
0: that's grown up of you. But you guys met. Tell us what. Tell us about the legend of Splash and Boots. It's on Wikipedia, but
1: okay. The legend straight from the source. Okay. Well, I was in university and. I was hired one summer to work at Work Through Queens t- doing children's theater in a the park mm-hmm. and Nick of Splash and Boots was also hired that summer for the same thing mm-hmm. and so that's how we met and then we went back to school at the end of the summer and we went we were in a children's theater class and our job was to write a show and perform it mm-hmm. so Nick and I wrote a play Mm -hmm. And we performed it at the local public library. And in hindsight, like I wish so much that there had been video cameras on phones back at that time. But I I don't have any of it on camera. It would be so funny and probably really bad. But we loved it. And then I was like, we should be like Sharon, Lois and Bram. And (laughs) I proposed this to Nick. And I remember that I had the Sharon, Lois and Bram songbook. Yeah, and, we, yeah, because our mom, our mom
0: is a piano teacher and very musical. So we yeah. grew up sitting on our mother's laps playing like, yeah, Puff the Magic Dragon.
1: Oh, the saddest kid song. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, so we sang, Nick and I sang Hey Dum Diddly Dum. Yeah. And And you wrote some of the songs too. That was the first song we sang together, and then we wrote "I Love You the Most," which is a song we still sing. And then we started "Splash Boots." So Nick is Splash, and Tess Mm -hmm. is Boots. And then you were doing like
0: birthday parties and libraries and stuff like that. And Street read,
1: corners. And
0: then you you made enough songs for an album, Yeah. recorded it all in one shot in somebody's
1: basement, right? Yeah, Nick's uncle's basement. You can yeah. tell
0: sometimes, like it's very, it's adorable, but you can tell sometimes it was all in one shot because you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: you can really tell when you listen to it. I can barely, I can, I should listen to it just for fun. But yeah, you it can has tell really good classic songs, very very
0: adorable. And then I liked the album cover too by Katie Lyle. Yes. Shout out to
1: Katie Lyle. Katie
0: Lyle. But then, what about your romantic relationship? Like you obviously collaborated well together. Yes,
1: and then we um, you, we I, were also a couple at that point
0: because you played Little Red Riding Hood, and he in the when you were doing the Queen's Children's Theater, you were Little Red Riding Hood, and he was the woodsman. He came to rescue you, Yes, which is a little bit old school, but still
1: romantic at the time. We could change the story for the time now, but that's what happened. And we got married, actually. Mm -hmm. We got married right out of university. Very young, like 23. Very young, 23. And yeah, we were married for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And actually, like, don't regret a thing. Mm -hmm. We, We had a great time. I think that... I think that we were quite young to make that decision. We looked like such, all of us at the wedding looked like like such babies. Even our parents looked young. Yeah, it was ridiculously too early to get married in hindsight, but I don't regret any of it. I think that we were just like, we are definitely soulmates in terms of what we're supposed to be doing together in Mm -hmm. the world. And um, that was just a part of our journey. We had an excellent um, divorce as divorces go we were very like he's my best friend very amicable um, we talk all, all, basically every day and very amicable and yeah i mean it was that was that was just the journey of us and it it really worked it, yeah. and you know it wasn't it wasn't easy easy during that time but we def- we just realized that we weren't necessarily romantic partners we were we were business partners and we were trying to be everything and that mm-hmm. just wasn't working.
0: But was that like, a, because you seem so happy on Facebook or, you know, you seem so happy publicly and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they work together, mm. they're married, it's so beautiful. Like, was there pressure to be like, oh, oh we are, yeah, we're as happy as we look on the internet. Like, was it sort of hard to come out to your family and your fans that you weren't together anymore? Like...
1: Yes, it was It was a very long... slow slow, difficult process. And I think that there's a lot of things. I mean, if you haven't been divorced, you don't really understand the kind of the kind of pressure and like the feeling of failure that you get. Mm -hmm. It it was really, really, really hard, actually. Mm -hmm. And it was hard because I always also said, I'm never going to get divorced. Because we had the divorced like yeah, my parents are our, divorced. And and, it, and
0: a lot of our, like our grandparents are divorced. There's a lot of
1: divorce in our family. A lot.
0: And divorce is seen as such a tragedy, but sometimes it is excellent
1: news. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do have to say that it's, we kind of change a lot as humans, especially from the time we're 23. Yeah. And we don't really know who we are and things change, people change and... I'm not sure if we should have that pressure to make a decision when we're 20 that lasts for, you know, Mm -hmm. 75, 85 years. I don't know how old, yeah. Yeah, and it's changing
0: rapidly. Like, I think that, like, I'm someone who's, like, a long-term single person and not having kids. And, like, there's just, like, it's, it's I, I feel like in five years, the people who are five years younger than me will not even have to deal with the question. Like, oh, you're not, like, you didn't meet anybody or not. Like, we don't need to be as conventional but it's just like I think and you're four years older than me so it's just like the conventions were really still driven home at that time and so it's like you're just following what everybody else does and it made sense because you did like really get along there was obviously something there with Nick it's just like and it's a beautiful story like it's beautiful and then you both have partners who accept that relationship Mm -hmm. right because some people are very Closed off about like no 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 you can't talk to your exes that's bullshit but yeah yeah. yes I don't know
1: yeah I mean unless it was unless it was abusive thing then absolutely get yourself out of there
0: but like people who are secure enough to accept that and it's like I don't know it is like a big happy family I find with all the people who are involved in splash and boots and the partners and it's yeah splash and boots is a big happy family
1: yeah we really we figured it out and I think that there was also something that happened when. You know, we were so worried about telling our Splash and Boots fans that mm-hmm. we weren't married anymore. We had a bit of a surprising response. I mean, yes, some people were like very disappointed or very <laughs> upset, which is always a funny thing cuz I'm like, okay, like, like sorry up- to disappoint you, but we're good, you mm-hmm. know. And so, and I think it's just interesting in that way, but then we also had some people who who said, you know, this has been great because we're getting divorced, or my kids' grandparents, or like whatever. Usually not grandparents, but you know they're getting divorced, and it was good for them to have a role model for their kids to mm-hmm. say, you know, it doesn't mean we don't like each other. We're still friends, like Splash and Boots, and and so in that way, it was nice to like, kind of be a be a role model for a healthy divorce, which I really think we did. Mm-hmm. Like we had a really we're, we really are super close still, and mm-hmm. we get along so well and spend mm-hmm. a lot of time together and so I mean I think that divorces it, it has that possibility if, if everybody's willing to do the work
0: yeah and of course like an abusive relationship that's a totally other, other another story. ball game cut no, the ties get run out. away that's fine but it is nice to have it's refreshing to have a more friendly role model because someone's so important in your life if someone's so important to you in your life it's just like You want to keep them there as much as you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice. This is your strange and beautiful life is brought to you by Lil
0: and Bud dog cards. So these are homemade greeting cards. They feature Lil and Bud, my celebrity dog friends I have to go along with my celebrity big sister Uh, So, we recorded the episode with Tess at her cottage, and Lil and Bud were at our feet the whole time, sprawled out, snoring. It was the most spectacular and adorable moment. And when you purchase your dog cards, you too can have your own adorable and spectacular moment on your fridge, or you can send the joy to your favorite people. Uh, Just go to ericajschmidt.com slash merch and choose from six VIP shots of Lil and Bud enjoying all the best parts of being a dog. Cards are $6 each plus light shipping, and it's all just a click away at ericajschmidt.com slash merch. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. Um so Splash and Boots was a big deal, right? Juno Awards, traveling across the world, Canada. Like if you if if I um you know, if I'm like just like sitting at a cafe or something and there's little kids, and I'm like, Oh, do you know splash and boots? And they often do. They're like, they know the splash and boots. It's so cute. And then I'm like, just Well, that's cute. I'm like, Well, I'm I'm Boots' sister, and they're like, Really? Does she pee? <laughs> Did somebody say that no, to you? Didn't they ask you once? i they, yeah. yeah. They're just like, Sp- Boots has a sister. Like, they're just, their eyes get so big. They're so enamored. Uh, but yeah, so it's a big deal. Childhood icons. Uh, and then 2020 was going to be a very big, exciting year for you, full of shows. And then, who remembers what happened in 2020? da da, da. The Corona. And so suddenly you're at home and everybody has this, but you've got, we've got this global and health and then financial uncertainty hovering over you. And what does Tess do? She doesn't despair. She doesn't binge watch Netflix. Well, I did that a bit. She did despair a little bit. Okay. yeah,
1: Both of, and I binge watch Netflix just a little bit.
0: A little bit. You're very moderate about the television though. Um, But she decided to found a meditation project for kids So this is called The Big Heart Journey. Please tell us all about The Big Heart Journey.
1: Okay, well, I started The Big Heart Journey um, a little bit before COVID, actually, um, and then I really jumped into it during COVID. But I had gone on a little bit of, during the whole divorce business was also the time that we were getting our television show off the ground, and I was really having some big feelings during that time. So I started... Uh, sort of diving into meditation and mindfulness for my own well-being and sanity. And during that time, I was like, oh, we should figure out how to bring this to children so that they don't have to wait until they're 30-something to figure out how to calm themselves down. Take a, mindful,
0: <laughs> yeah. a, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course yeah. in eight weeks. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I was like, why is this not being taught earlier? And why is it not just a part of... Uh, well, I mean, I really think it should be part of a curriculum, like all of our curriculums, mm-hmm. but it has been it's starting to be added more. But anyhow, I started the Big Heart journey to just try to figure out how I could make meditation and mindfulness and moving through feelings and like resiliency practices and make them interesting and fun for kids. So mm-hmm. um, I locked myself in the basement and made a bunch of audio meditations for kids with a friend of mine who added in a whole bunch of music and they are quite active. Um, and then when COVID hit, I started doing online programs, which was an interesting little leap for me because I didn't know anything about how to do online programs yeah, technology. Um, technology, learning technology curve that can cause thing.
0: big feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all know those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and I've been doing it now for a couple of years. The online programming, We're just talking to kids about how they feel, and in groups. So a lot of the time, they're talking to each other about how they feel, and then giving each other advice about what to do. And it's very it's endearing. So cute. It's the best. I love it. I love doing it so much.
0: Because splash and boots, what is your target age for splash and boots? It's like three to six, maybe? Yeah, but it's even
1: gotten younger. Like we get a lot of babies and a lot of two year olds. Yeah. And up to about six. Yeah. And we we can still keep them for a few more years, but kids have started to get older. They're maturing quickly. faster. Yes, yeah, so they're maturing faster. I sound old when I say that, though.
0: I think it's okay. No, but yeah. it seems like kids need a different kind of stimulation than they did before. Like you, yeah. I, yeah, when I see four-year-olds, I'm like, well, you might be a little, like, what I love is if I see a toddler and a four or five-year-old and I'm like, well, because you know, a big sister feels like the toddler gets all the attention. I'm like, well, you're maybe a little too old for splashing <laughs> Boots, but you could try, you could show your brother right? and you right. can be the big sister, because yeah, yeah, yeah. but you have to sort of catch them early and then they become like 5 year Fans type thing,
1: yeah. Then that's even better. Yeah, get them early.
0: Yeah, but some you do deal with like feelings and more more elaborate topics like being brave. And there's spelling, and you have to know how to spell brave. B R A V E. Brave, yes. brave song. So some, of, some there are some older concepts, but the reason I brought up that age because your big heart journey is a ho- an older demographic. Yeah, they're a little older. It, like yeah,
1: four to eight. No. Yeah, up to, I have kids up to 10, but then I also have kids up to, like, 26. I have mm-hmm. some different ability children who yeah, who join us. And I love having all of – I have all the ages together. My youngest would be three, Aww. and they're a little too too young, but they still catch some things. Like, you just never know what a kid's getting. And so they do – if they sit in on a session, there's, there's things that they will take away. Um, but some of them, that's a little too young, depending. But then the older kids probably feel like, oh, I'm – they're like mentors. They're helping. Yeah. that's exactly it, which is so sweet.
0: You have and in neurodivergence, you have kids with I think on kids on the autism spectrum that are sometimes a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, and they are um they are good leaders for the younger kids, and that helps. You know, it just I went to Tessa's house for Halloween, and we had some visitors oh, yeah. <laughs> from the Big Heart Journey. And you just knew they had such a safe space in Tess. Like they were so, they were very articulate about their about their feelings and their journey. They're like, oh, school is just really so annoying. But they seemed to like, they really had a place where they could vent and be safe with Tess. I'm sure they have that in the program also. So, but they, they have the tools and they were very articulate. So it's good to, they couldn't help the three-year-olds. Uh, so that's really nice, and but you also you get letters from parents and kids all the like time, like during the pandemic when there was struggles. You heard mm-hmm. from kids and people are struggling these days, right? Like kids, what are kids worried about these days?
1: Um. Yeah, I would say that the mental. Well, I've I read statistics about it just a couple of weeks ago, actually, about the mental health. C- crisis. And it really is a crisis mm-hmm. post-COVID. And, and I'm not sure. I think there was probably crisis before COVID too, but people weren't paying as much attention to it. But since COVID, there's a lot of big worries. Um, kids generally are experiencing more anxiety and fear, mm-hmm. having more dysregulation, I think, which which to me just means there's a lot of big feelings that aren't being processed. Mm-hmm. They're coming out in dysregulated behaviors. So there's, there's definitely You know, kids are the kids who grew up during COVID. If you think about it, you know, kids who were born during COVID, they're now they're starting to go to school, and you know, they haven't been around many people because they didn't spend their first couple years of their life with anybody except for their immediate family. Everybody missed socialization. Yeah, and hugs are scary, and. Like, everything's a little scarier than how it used to be.
0: Because any age, for any kid, the three years are critical, right? Any yeah. kid, let's say under 10. But totally. then if you go over 10, it's like they miss the socializing. Like, it's just there's yeah. a void for, there's a gap for everybody. So it's like, well, not catastrophic, but influential. But, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so definitely a need for kids to have outlets and, like, have a place where they can process and have tools. Uh, so I have a listener question, which I thought would oh, okay.
1: be... Okay, let's just get to the listener question. Just
0: the thing for the founder of The Big Heart Journey. Is it about kids' feelings? It is about kids' feelings. Okay. Okay. Dear Erica and Tess, My mother-in-law died unexpectedly this past spring. Mm. Every summer, my partner and our two young kids spend at least a month at the cottage with my in-laws. So far this summer, the first year since Gran died, has been tough. My oldest daughter, Lila, is seven, and she was very close to my mother-in-law. They had a special wake-up and bedtime routine and would spend all day together. Swimming, baking, Mm. going on adventures and eating their favorite snacks. Oh, this is devastating. Okay, so my daughter has been acting out. Since there are fewer grown-ups to go around, she has to adapt to doing activities with her younger three-year-old sister. And she has started to get rough with her, hitting her with toys and calling her names. I hate all the games, she wails. She says things like, the cottage is stupid, even though it used to be her favorite place. Bedtime has been especially hard. My father-in-law, my father-in-law, has tried to take over the bedtime routine, but she sulks at every book and song suggestion, and it takes almost two hours to get her to settle. She breaks down crying and says she misses Gran and wants to go home. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, we try to talk, we try to talk to her about missing Gran and say that we miss her too. We've made a memory photo book and tried to do, and we try to do special activities to remind her of our wonderful memories. But she is just so sad. Can you think of anything that might help? Love, missing grandma. Oh my goodness, my heart really hurts when I hear that one. That's so hard. But all of that is very understandable. That is an understandable challenge, right? And the whole family is grieving but well first of all you sometimes with your kids you ask them what their big challenge what do you say what they have a problem with and some kid wrote
1: yeah well i had uh, sometimes i get them to to get out one of their biggest feelings that they're that they're afraid to talk about Mm -hmm. and i have them draw a picture write it down and if they want to they can share it and i had one kid hold up a picture that said i just can't handle death Oh, and I was like, was like oh, eight. me neither. Eight. Yeah, Oh, no, it's and I and it's it, this is actually the thing that I get asked about the most is death. how do I help my kid through the death of a grandparent, pet, parent, parent? Well, any yeah. and and in you know, it's scary. This is often a kid's first trauma. Mm-hmm. Is a, Even just learning that death happens, they like watching Bambi can very be traumatic. Upset. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember that for me as a kid, it was a huge thing. So for little Lila, like I really, really understand. I actually work, um, I volunteered at a, a grief camp for families mm-hmm. and they, um, so the family would come together and go through activities for The week or for two or three days, and Mm -hmm. it was a really beautiful experience. But one of the things that I learned that might help Lila is that it's important when somebody dies to help the kid, and it also works for adults, form a different kind of relationship with that person. So Mm -hmm. it's like they're not here in their body, but how can Lila create a relationship with her grandma in a different way? Mm -hmm. So Whether that's, you know, putting their hands on their heart and just listening. I always tell the kids that, you know, they may, they're not here anymore in their physical body, but they're always inside of their heart and they're, Mm -hmm. they're there to talk to So I had little Miley, one of the kids I work with, um, she said, my nan, my nan died, Tess, but... But it's okay. Every night before I go to bed, I put my hands on my heart and we have a conversation and we can't eat pringles together anymore, but we still chat. And I was like, "Oh. So, to try to help your kids just realize that just that they can create a different kind of relationship helps it with being feeling so over because the the sort of dramatic thing between being there and then being dead is really 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 hard for anybody of any age Mm -hmm. even after we've gone through it multiple times it's still unbelievable when it happens and if you imagine like when you're six or seven or two it's really upsetting Mm -hmm. like that's a big 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 thing to deal with so that would be one suggestion I would have yeah
0: it's a big loss for Lila because and well I think we were talking about this in a previous episode everybody says children are resilient they'll get over things I can't and it's like (sighs) no like because it's because I think even when they are when they're very young they don't have the words they don't have the life experience to process it Uh, but I think that Lila is at an interesting age for that because she's She's old enough that you can't really just sort of explain it away with platitudes. Like she's very, whereas her little sister will have a more abstract sense of the laws, uh, but she's it's just very concrete for her because she's mm. had the grandma in her life for long enough to have formed like a very deep mm. bond. And so it is more like particularly painful for her. But then she's like, you know, I think it's always death is hard at any age, but like, you know, she a few years Later, it might not be quite so stark and shocking. Like, so it just sounds like a very, it's just a very big flip. And also, like, the grandma seemed fine, right? So there was no lead Mm up, to, right? It sounds like the grandma was very active and, like, you Mm. know, doing, you know, playing with any child all day long takes a lot of energy, (laughs) all the energy. So that's good. Yeah, I think even, like, Elizabeth Gilbert is an adult and she lost her her partner the love of her life raya and she you know you don't have to get into beliefs like if you're not if you know you don't if you're not a believer you don't believe in an afterlife. you can that doesn't preclude uh having a that sort of relationship in your heart like elizabeth gilbert she she makes voice memos for her ex-lover like she'll just she's like oh i need to talk to her and it's like yeah. Maybe Ray is listening, maybe not, it makes her feel better it doesn't really matter, right? So you can you could yeah. write letters like you can write letters, you can
1: have, you can you know pick a pick an animal or an insect and every time you see them Mhm. That can be like my granny and ladybugs. Yeah, whenever I see a ladybug, I'm like, that's my granny. Do you have it that makes me for feel granny? good. That's what I have for granny. Yeah, I
0: have that for um not ladybugs for Glendon, our little honorary brother. I have the little brown birds, sparrows. So every yeah. time I see a sparrow, and it's good news because those things are everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice. It it's makes us so soothing feel good, mm-hmm. and I think. For especially for kids when they're going through grief, what you said was definitely true about, like, I really actually don't like it when people say kids are so resilient. No. I'm like, no, kids have a really good way of hiding how they're feeling mm-hmm. and adapting, but those feelings will come out somewhere else. And especially grieving children, um, they need to be given sort of opportunities to get those feelings out because a lot of the time they, they won't do it themselves. So to always have, you know, just sort of validating that they might feel really sad, and that like they're gonna feel sad, and that that sadness might come out another behavior. Like if Lila's hitting her her sibling and having sort of disruptive disruptive behavior, that's not that's not her. Like she's not. Those are the feelings. The feel the action is not the feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something else going on, and most likely she's grieving and she has a lot of big feelings. Being at the cottage where granny once was and yeah very triggering very triggering so just giving her like saying it's okay to feel sad I understand that you feel sad but you know it's not okay to hit your sister what else can we do with those big feelings can Mm -hmm. we hit a pillow like it's okay to be angry I always tell kids when they have grief is like a feeling soup so we have lots of different feelings at once so -hmm. you can have them kind of like pull the feelings out of the soup and label the feelings and and you know really give them a chance to to talk and get them out in ways that won't be hitting siblings Mm -hmm. yeah
0: like the feel the the actions are not okay but the feelings are totally okay and yeah yeah, i mean it is tough because probably you know it's like this dreamy getaway at the cottage but probably parents are working from home and maybe the grandfather's not as he's tired and it's too kid, it's busy busy right so it really is hard to give kids everything they need all the Mm -hmm. time so and when you don't that's okay you just have to say oh like you just have to repair that like whenever you slip up or you get angry or something you you can repair sort of the blowout and then make that an opportunity for you both to talk about your feelings mm-hmm. about grandma because you probably have them too I mean it's harder for you to have to deal like everybody is feeling grandma's loss so I guess any sort of big feeling is an opportunity to kind of to discuss your grief and like come together I guess around mm-hmm. the grief but not to put a silver lining on it though you know cuz yeah
1: but all big but but all feelings are a great opportunity to connect to each other mm-hmm. i believe i think yeah. that so often we see big feelings as a disconnecting thing like oh big feeling this is a problem like we're all gonna get upset no one's gonna feel heard we're all gonna leave with extra feelings than we had this morning when we woke up and it disconnects and disconnecting feelings are not good for kids especially because they start to think that big feelings are bad and then they stop sharing their feelings Mm -hmm. at all so really making sure that if they have a big feeling they can still connect through Mm -hmm. them and i like the idea of like having parents share too
0: yeah, and then um, I'm wondering about the bedtime routine. Like, is that is that too much pressure on the grandfather too? Maybe mm-hmm. that's <laughs> like, a lot. I wonder. Something. I mean, I, I don't. I I don't have children. Uh, but I used to babysit quite professionally. You're very good with children. Yeah, then. but I mean, I know that the bedtime I've heard of this going on long even when there's no grief involved <laughs> it's just like yeah. my child is still awake and I am falling asleep uh, but I wonder what if the child could be involved in making a new routine that's not um, not so loaded like, I don't know. I mean, is that's a good idea. Does grandpa have Mm -hmm. to do all of it? Maybe that's a nice moment with the grandma too. If there's like a, a small ritual she could do to talk to grandma every night before bedtime, like blow grandma some kisses before you say goodnight. Mm -hmm. That's Um, so nice. Just to have her involved in the, the bedtime routine. Like maybe, maybe, yeah, that's a lot of pressure on grandpa, but maybe he could do one night or, you know, she's also I don't know, the little one has to go to bed too. Maybe she would like to be the big sister reading her grandma's story. She could tell the little she could tell the little one stories about her grandma too, maybe when she feels up for Ready. it. Yeah. To have like a like share a memory about grandma. I don't know, bedtime is tough. I mean the summer you have the summer to figure that out too. Like I think bedtime is a little more the stakes are higher when school starts. But, yeah, do you have any ideas about the bedtime?
1: Well, I think that I, um, having the having Lila kind of help out with creating a new bedtime routine so there's not so much pressure on Grandpa and maybe making adding something really fun. And I love the idea of having a little time to connect with, with Grandma too before mm-hmm. bed to just add that in and maybe, maybe yeah, shaking it up a little bit so it's not so much the same. Like mm-hmm. it used to be grandma, now it's grandpa. So yeah. making it less the same. So it's yeah. a little, but also keeping that memory of Graham in yeah. there. I think it's just going to be a tough time. Honestly, the more space you can give her to share those feelings and and like really listen to her. I think that time is a really great healer with grief, time and listening understanding Mm -hmm. and just letting her know that I mean it's a process and who knows how long it will take I had one woman say I just can't believe how like she's still upset about the dog dying you know it's been a year and I was like well I get it. I'm going to be upset forever when my dog dies. Your dog is not going <laughs> to die. We can't. Let's never talk never about gonna it. Never going to die. No. But I mean, we just can't. We can't put a number on grief. We don't know how long it will take. We don't know what people will feel. It's very individual. And so just being as, as understanding on everybody as we can.
0: Yeah. Like sometimes there's a very like sort of like the special person syndrome, but there's a big obsession with getting over things like even the mindfulness the mindfulness-based stress reduction it's like okay you're having anxiety let's do some meditation for eight weeks and then back to work please like let's go be productive and I think like teaching your child like oh you know what we are very sad about this and this is a sad thing that happened and we're not going to bite our tongues and grit our teeth and just like power through. We're going to, you know, we're, we're not, we'll do, we'll move forward. Well, move forward the wrong word, but we're, we'll continue to do the things that are important to us. We won't shut down completely for, you know, too long. But like, this is a very important moment in our family and it's it's not a prize to get over. And honestly, sometimes I think the older I get the longer things take like i there's certain things i could just cry about just on the spot and it's like then i think that that's okay right just uh have a little have a little weep sometimes and honor honor the weeping so yeah that's it big love to big everybody love to Lyla. all of you yeah My little lila Oh yeah. And maybe there's books too. I don't know too many books. I have some
1: good books. I can okay. send you a list.
0: Okay, we'll put some books about grief in the show notes and
1: uh, yeah. and my grief meditation for children. I'll okay. put that in.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. So there yeah, there are also resources. So just but I think just making a point of giving this attention and telling Lila this is important what you're feeling and we see that you're feeling this. So yeah, big love to Lila and well, so much. It's so heroic to take young children to the cottage for one month. That's mm, really that's nice so fun So don't forget, if you have a listener question, you can send it to me, Erica, via my website at ericajschmidt.com slash contact. Or you can get in touch via Instagram at erica.j.schmidt. I would love to hear from you. And This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life is a new and independent podcast. So to support the show, it really goes a long way. If you follow This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, you can also leave a kind and enthusiastic five-star review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And it also goes a long way if you share your favorite episodes on social media or with All your favorite peeps. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, please get in touch with Erica. Thank you so much. And let's get right back to the show. And now we're going to wrap up talking about routines.
1: Oh, routines. You are the queen of routines, though, if we're honest. I'm good at math, (laughs) being a pen pal.
0: And I'm very good at routines.
1: Very, very, very good. Okay. 10
0: out of 10. Some of my guests are also good at routines. So can you describe your morning routine? Okay. So I wake
1: up in the morning and I meditate. I usually mm-hmm. meditate right away. I usually like sit up in bed or like roll out of bed onto the floor and meditate. Do you have like a like a guided meditation? I do, usually I do silent. Okay. Um. Sometimes I do guided. But okay. generally I like silent better. Okay. Unless I can, sometimes I become obsessed. I used to. I was really into Joe Dispenza for a minute there. Okay. Sometimes I still roll back to him. Okay. Um. And I meditate, and then I usually do my exercises for my shoulder because I have a little t- tear in my shoulder or something. You have like usually postural
0: stretches and it's exercises. It's more like posture
1: stretches and strengthening. She's for,
0: very well aligned. Well, I'm yeah. working on it. Working on being aligned. Her alignment is good.
1: Um, <laughs> and she does every day too. I do them every day because mm-hmm. if I don't, I, it hurts. So mm-hmm. I've learned how to do that every day. And um, uh, that's it. I thought you danced to a song. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, you dance I, the
0: same song. No, uh,
1: not. Well, I did do that for a while. I kind okay. of fell out of that one. Okay. That was it's a not always pandemic routine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes I like to have a little dancing in the morning mm-hmm. and, and then some good music. Lily, the dog has to pee, but she doesn't need to walk right away. No. She's no, tired. No. Yeah. We go straight into coffee and writing usually okay. at that point.
0: Well, you do writing?
1: Yeah. Well, I have this little thing where at the end of the day, I actually write out, I write like a little mini poem every single day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're about like five to eight lines long. Oh. really short. Just just so I can remember my day, and mm-hmm. it I sort of just like it's almost like a list. A poem is a really uh, dramatic way to say like a collection of words that I'm rounding. Up it's not. It's definitely not uh, that poetic necessarily. Mm. But to me, it's nice because I've I've done it for a year and a half now, and I have. I can just go back and see what I was doing on any given day. Mm. And I kinda like it, it makes me feel good. And so sometimes in the morning, I've started doing a morning one also. A morning poem. Yeah, but it's more like how I wanna feel that day. I like to sort of set my, I set my intention for how I wanna feel for the rest of the day.
0: Oh, that's very healthy. And what about tarot cards?
1: Oh, and I also pull a tarot card.
0: <laughs> when, and, and then she might send it to me. Yes, for I usually send it to Erica. So she, Erica can tell me what my day is going to be On my like. multimedia text message. Yes. While I'm doing 40, 40 other things, I'll be like telling you what the seven of swords mean. Uh, upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the morning routine. Uh, I want to talk about the evening routine again. because So then you do a poem in the evening because our mother just... I think she figured out how to do photos on her phone. That took a while. Oh, yeah. But our mother's evening routine is she looks at her photos on her phone from the day. So she can remember what she did that day. That's very cute. And she says
1: it makes her feel happy. Yeah. So shout out to to Val. Mm -hmm. Mama. So what about your creative routine? Hmm. oh my creative routine what is my creative do I even have a creative you do the poems oh I have the poems okay okay that's my creative routine yep I write one at night about the things that I loved in my day and then at night I also lie I turn out my light and then I lie on my back with my hands on my heart and I start at the beginning of my day and I go through all my favorite parts you do that every day. Every single night. Wow. And then I roll over and go to sleep. But it stops me from lying in bed and thinking about everything wrong that might happen, which is what I used to do. And I used to have a really hard time sleeping. Oh. Because I I'd like take that opportunity of going to bed to start thinking. Like as oh, we all Oh, I shouldn't do, have said like, that,
0: oh, that was the wrong thing yeah. to do. I probably should reschedule have done that. that. Oh. This is, tomorrow's like, gonna be too much.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. And then you start going down the dark, deep hole of despair and think you're never going to get up from it and never going to sleep again. So, I do this new thing and it really helps. So I recommend that. Oh to my everybody. goodness! You don't have to do anything extra except for lying the back your back with your hands in your heart and putting your hands in your heart actually regulates your body. Oh yeah, my thirteenth therapist said that. Yeah. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better i think i've had about 15 or 16 therapists i know I, I go through them very quickly. i must
0: have won the. Th- oh you do go through because yeah. you fire therapists but i yeah. don't fire them sometimes well, they fire, fire me them. like yeah do
1: oh. they fire you
0: one or two times i've been yeah. fired they yeah. were like adjust yourself i
1: sort of just ghost okay yeah i'm like it's like with a hairdresser you know you don't want to stay the same hairdresser forever maybe not okay no You got to mix it up. You need other people's opinions.
0: Yeah. Tessa's good at letting things go sometimes. Do you think? Better than me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Not always though. Not, yeah. I'm getting better at my old age. At letting go. Yeah. Of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are not,
1: it's not a healthy dynamic. So. You know what it's like? It's like when you have a cucumber and a melon Mm -hmm. beside each other in the garden and they make bad... They turn into each other. The cucumber starts to taste like a melon and the melon starts to taste like a cucumber. And neither is it, their best life. Neither is their best life. And that's what it is like with people that you shouldn't be friends with. Okay. Or in relationships with. You're Am just I not a cucumber or, or a melon? What... <laughs> well, you can be either, but you're. if you're a cucumber, I'm not a melon, because okay. we actually do quite well. We're more like... When we're growing together, yeah, flourishing. Flourishing. Okay. Flourishing. Flourishing. But some people don't flourish together, they like, and they you're should You're making me feel like a cucumber right now, Yeah, so... We got we to gotta end this. This okay. isn't working. Okay. And but then you he, just got to go. And you never think about that late at night because... Because I'm busy with my hands on my heart thinking <laughs> about the good things. <laughs> I used to, though. I used to be a total anxiety <laughs> a queen. I was mm-hmm. such a fretter.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Well... Yeah, there you go. go. Go big heart journey. So... Oh, but we were talking about creative routine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... But then you have a creative job. So you just jump into whatever creative thing you have to do whenever the day like is there anything to keep focused and motivated if you have to film or write a song Mm -hmm. or whatever do your meditations with the kids like how do you how do you go about staying focused for that?
1: Well I actually tend to do little mini meditations throughout the day so if I have um, like if I'm switching gears because a lot of my life is either doing business or doing creative and if I'm going from one to the other I do a little mini meditation Where I just, again, with the hands on my heart and I just refocus my energy and and sometimes I, while I do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is really sweet. I pretend that my heart has a nose. Oh. I call it heart nose. Okay. Okay. So if you put your hands on your heart and you imagine that your heart has a nose and when you breathe, you're letting your heart expand out. Okay, try it. Okay. So your heart is going out and like filling up the space in front of you. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we breathe, we're bringing it in through our actual nose and that's a whole different feeling. Mm-hmm. But this one makes your heart go out and expand. And I really like a heart nose. <laughs> I do it with my kids, but I do it with myself because in my transitions from going from work to to creative work, mm-hmm. I just have to reconnect to my heart mm-hmm. and re- sort of invigorate that part of myself so that I can go into. But when I'm doing, like, I make a lot of audio meditations for kids. And when I do that, I just do heart nose And then I just close my eyes and let it go. Mm. Like, it just comes out. That's
0: really nice. Well, we, like, I think that ch- children and adults have a hard time with transitions. Like, this is oh, probably worse. the worst. This is the most difficult part of life. Like, transition yeah. to a new routine from one routine to the other. Yeah. Like, you know summer winter any kind of change in routine is devastating for people it can be devastating so we can we can all do heart nose breathe through our hearts yeah okay that's really inspirational I didn't know this about my big sister I mean I knew she was a (laughs) high achiever but she didn't know that I breathed through my heart nose she breathed through her heart nose to get through the day um that's wonderful. Yeah, because we have a lot of family members in our in Perth, Ontario. We go to visit, and we have to go from one family member to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we're lucky to have all our family members, but sometimes it feels like a bit overwhelming because it's different vibes, you know. So we just need to... Heart
1: knows. Heart knows. Okay. Well, I actually think, though, that provide like everybody needs a transition routine doesn't have to be heart nose. it can be whatever vibes with you like you can have a transition song that you can play you can have a transition like just whatever it is sometimes I talk to myself in the car between family visits oh I talk to myself out loud just kind of all the time getting myself yeah talking to yourself is a great tool
0: yeah like oh you're okay this isn't this part isn't isn't your favorite you can't find this thing that's driving you nuts like oh you don't like this like that's okay. That's okay. I remember when I used to make lunch for the job I had, and I am the worst lunch maker. I think I talked about this my last podcast. And I would just like steam vegetables and like stick a hunk of to me. It was the easiest lunch you could ever make, and I was just like, I hate this. And I was like, Oh, Erica, you hate this. You hate making lunch, but you have to make lunch because tomorrow you need a lunch.
1: that's good see then you're validating your own feelings validate yourself you have to validate how you're feeling to be able to get through it Mm -hmm. and then the next thing you can do you can say it's okay to hate this but then I always go but this is a part of being human and I like being human like I'm I'm really happy to be alive and you know sometimes I feel sad and Mm -hmm. that's okay because that's part of being human Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it and if I didn't feel sad I wouldn't be alive
0: yeah and maybe you can Adapt your life so you can eliminate some of the things you don't like, like steaming broccoli. Like maybe you can yeah, adjust your you lunch routine. You can adjust your routines, but in you the could moment,
1: not eat steamed broccoli. I
0: example. haven't eaten it for years. I'm so done with
1: broccoli. <laughs> I'm gonna make it for you for
0: dinner. Forget it. Um. So that's great. Okay, Tess is full of positive coping skills. This is a life changing episodes Episode Epis- life changing episode. Okay, so. Do you? Ha- <laughs> okay, here we go for life changing. Do you have a cleaning routine? Oh, this is the oh other thing gosh. I'm good at. Math, yeah. pen
1: pals, cleaning routines. Yeah. Really good at cleaning routines. I don't have a cleaning routine at all. I wish I had a bit more of a cleaning routine. My best cleaning routine involves getting on the telephone with somebody that I haven't talked to in a long time, my in-ear headphones. And as I talk, I I clean the house. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Do they and call then, you on it sometimes, though?
0: Like, Because when you call grandma, she's like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah, you don't
1: do it with grandma. Mm-hmm. I can do it with you, though. Oh, I don't mind Because you it understand. All. Yeah. And you don't want to do anything involving turning the tap on. That is rude.
0: I turn the tap on a little bit. You know what you can but do But you can is do it with
1: me. You can mute it. I do that sometimes. Yeah, I always flush the toilet yeah. muted. But I think I'm really good at multitasking. Yeah, we're good at You're that. You're good at it, yeah. too. So I can clean and talk, or I clean and listen to a, like my favorite podcast, like Strange and Beautiful Life. Listen to Strange and Beautiful Life. Yeah.
0: 90 minutes. These are long. Yeah, so so I can have a, a lot of cleaning, cleaning house. done. Yeah. I
1: really don't love cleaning. My goal is to make enough dough that I can have a full-time house cleaner. Yeah. Not full-time every day, but weekly house cleaning.
0: Yeah, for me, I feel like that about making snacks. I just, I want to oh, be able to... I would to... make
1: your snacks. I like making snacks. Okay,
0: well, just come move into my tiny apartment complain. with no air conditioning and we will
1: just... I'll steam your broccoli.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. So okay, everybody I'll put peanut ha- butter on your I apple. mean, I don't mind the... I'm good at the apple and peanut butter. But yeah, cooking is not for me. Cleaning is not for you. We should get married. Um, that would be so weird. That's not acceptable. No. Um, We'll have a listener question on that. But uh, <laughs> I think that, yeah, everybody has their thing. But you also have a bigger house than me. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you have some people help you clean. I do clean. have yeah. some cleaners. When come. I come to your house, I clean your shower
1: it's so nice mm-hmm. it's a real it's a real perk
0: yeah that you like like you feel satisfied
1: i love i actually sometimes i get into a mood where i like taking an old toothbrush Ooh. and cleaning the light switches have you ever done that oh i cleaning have cleaning the, the, of have course you have i don't know course, i'm asking every that. friday <laughs> <afternoon>. <laughs> well i haven't done that in this cottage forever and so.
0: also tess is quite good at doing and um, this is something i'm not good at she labels mason jars and pours
1: like dried goods oh, I into love them doing that. that is i'm impressive. a big on the organizing of the yeah. dry good cupboard okay
0: so that's your cleaning routine there's no specific day
1: no it sh- i'm you not clean, specific about much in my clean life Clean as you go
0: i'm a bit specific so that's mm-hmm. how we're different you, you're good at that um, i am specificity. not specificity okay um do you that was great thank you do you have a moment you are the most proud of in your life
1: Oh, my gosh. I wasn't expecting that question. The moment I was the most proud of. You know, the moments I feel the most proud of are probably with my Big Heart kids. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just like trying to think of a specific story. Maybe the moment that little Miley rode her bike. Miley rides a bike now. She was afraid. Miley was afraid of riding her bike, and she um, came to a Big Heart journey, and she was telling us about how she was afraid of riding her bike and we did the fearless squirrel and talked about being a strong tree and then oh but they don't know what that is oh yeah fearless squirrel is a breath you can do to help yourself
0: when you're feeling nervous let's we'll make a nice it makes for a great photo op so the we're gonna squirrel. put the, the well, fearless we'll put squirrel down. in the show yeah. notes
1: and so miley did the did the big heart tools and then she got off the got off and rode her bike the first time oh, that's really and I just think it's like those little moments where you can think like oh that little weird tool that I came up with helped her overcome that big feeling that's probably I like that kind of moment
0: but also the compassionate space like there's the tools but there's also the like I'm here for you I'll be here for you next week and like and it's okay yeah, I accept you whether you try or not. It's just this unconditional love space that's very beautiful. Yeah. But you helped a lot of kids through COVID because, I mean, COVID was devastating for children. They had to do the little tests up their nose. Oh, it's horrifying. Like, right, and they're missing out on like, like they have disappointments Mm because they missed out on like things they were looking forward to, birthday parties, stuff like that. Like you really helped kids through COVID and that's very important. And Splash and Boots is always... Has also been very full of joy. Like if you look mm-hmm. out in the if you look out in the audience, like uh, like before the pandemic, every Christmas there would be a splash and boot show, and then w- they would go to the theater, and then I would go with my pal Glendon Murphy, and there would be all the like our high school friends with their kids mm-hmm. jumping up and down, and then Tess is jumping up and down, and it's like. That's very special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love doing shows. Yeah. It's so fun. hmm
0: Yes. Yeah, so that's really nice. And then if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Oh, well.
1: It doesn't have to be noble. I think I would like that. Every, I would love every kid to feel like somebody loved them and somebody really cared oh. <laughs> about their feelings. <laughs> oh,
0: that's nice.
1: Yeah. That's honestly like I just feel so sad for kids who feel alone and scared Mm -hmm. and they have things that are scary or big feelings that they don't know what to do with and they feel they feel alone and that breaks my heart. So Mm -hmm. I would like all of those children to feel loved and heard and an unconditional
0: compassionate space. Yeah. For all the little kiddos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You have a very big heart and you are making you're creating that space for more kids so and i was going to say it doesn't have to be noble but you went straight for noble some people <laughs> yeah that's lovely i mean some like compost and recycling solutions would be well, good that too that would be great too yeah um okay is there anything else you'd like to share with
1: our listeners um i don't think so okay <laughs> I think this has been a real treat. A real we're sitting treat. at the cottage, and we're gonna go jump in the lake when we're done singing our song. Yeah, right? we're gonna jump in the lake, and we get one more night together here. Yeah, this has been epic. We've had an epic visit, and we should be proud of ourselves. We should be. <laughs> we should do the. We should do the heart nose, and we're gonna really celebrate nose. ourselves. I see my,
0: my, heart. Totally different. Can you see the nose under yeah. my chest now? Yeah, I can it's see it coming now. Up and Everybody
1: down. will see their heart nose. Heart from nose here is on coming
0: in. right out. Okay, and then where can people find you? So, Splash and Boots. Mm-hmm. You can listen on Spotify, splash dot Spotify, iTunes, mm-hmm. and, and BigHeartJourney.com. dot com, and BigHeartJourney on Instagram. Yes. Okay, we'll link to all of that in the show notes, and we'll also have some really great. Uh, we're going to have some really great shots in the sh- show notes. Mm-hmm. VIP pictures. VIP pictures. Um, well, that's really wonderful. We're going to come right back because now we're going to sing a song. Well, first, we're going to look at the dogs for a few moments. And just tell them how cute they are. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. We're going to bathe them in our unconditional love and an heart acceptance. Noses. And so we'll be right back. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Bye. We'll be see you on the other side. Okay. Okay, well, that was a really fun break, and now our chosen ukulele segment song is John Denver's... Leaving on a Jet Plane. Yeah, because our family has big
1: feelings when... We say goodbye. Like, I would say we're not the greatest at just leaving without feelings. Yeah. But that's okay. We're not gifted at saying
0: goodbye, or we are gifted at saying goodbye in that we... Feel. We really
1: feel things when we say goodbye. Big it's never feelings. an easy like see you later.
0: Not easy breezy, no. So, we have this song because
1: because we're just feeling our feelings here.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. So, leaving on a jet plane is a crowd pleaser. We're going to sing the first verse and the chorus, and we want you to sing along. Please, for best results. Please, please do that.
1: Okay. <laughs> This is good. You're good at that. (laughs) All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here
0: outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say
1: goodbye.
0: But the dawn is breaking It's early morn And the taxi's waiting He's blowing his horn Already I'm so Lonesome
1: I could Cry or die Either one or cry So kiss me and smile For me tell me That you'll
0: wait for me Hold me like You'll never let me Go Cause I'm the Oh, babe, I, hate I hate to go. go. Oh. Oh, my goodness. I tried some harmony. I think I hit some of the right notes. I think it was good. Harmony is really called hard money. That Very is what difficult. It's <laughs> so like we flourished. flourished well thank you so much Tess Levitt, my oh, thank you, Erica most Schmidt. exceptional darling big sister I'm sure you're going to come back I would love to come back every two, weeks. Every you two and, weeks you and John Coach uh, well thank you and is that it? yes thank that you that might be it okay we gotta go play with the dogs jump in jump the lake, in the lake. time okay. to jump
1: in the lake okay
0: thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you on the other side Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Hooray! We made another episode and we're all going to sleep super well because now we know how to breathe through our heart nose and I think that our rendition of leaving on a jet plane was kind of soothing Uh, So, yes, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Remember to write to me on Instagram and let me know what you thought. Remember to follow Tess Levitt on Instagram at The Big Heart Journey. And thank you to my darling big sister Tess Levitt for being such a splendid guest and for helping me to refine the inspiration for this podcast. Thank you to Sherwin Tijia, my creative and technical advisor and most cherished pal. You can follow Sherwin on Facebook at Sherwin's Quirky Events. Thank you to Eileen Gunn, my dearly departed aunt, whose surprise and generous gift helped me to buy new podcast equipment. And I think that's it. Okay, thank you to you again. And remember to breathe through your heart nose. Remember to honor your great big feelings and your great big heart. And you are so important. You matter so much. I love you. Tess loves you. And let's wrap up with the theme song. Okay? Don't forget to sing along. Ready? This is your strange and beautiful life okay thank you so much everybody love you love you bye